The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. It's just amazing how the enemy knows I'm going to attack them when they're down. And God said, I've come up with a plan for you to be rested and refreshed. And this one simple principle of resting one day a week has, I believe, kept me in the ministry and kept me effective for all these years. Robert Morris says God wants you to take the day off next on Life Today. We love all our guests, and this guest is, uh, you know, he's a friend. He's actually, he's our pastor. It's Robert Morris, and he's pastor of Gateway Church, where we are privileged to go and sit under his uh, guidance. Would you all welcome Robert Morris back to life today? Would you do that? You, you walked into our home about 40 years ago, you and your little girlfriend. There. Yes, yeah. I, I was 18 years old, and we came to see you. About this time, mm-hmm. before right before just a few months before we got married, yeah, and we've been married um, thir- over over thirty nine years now. So <laughs> let me ask you, why did you come? Why did you want to come see us? Because you acted like you were excited to be there. Why, why, why did you come see us? <laughs> well, uh, you were you were about the most famous preacher on earth at that time. That's why, <laughs> and uh, you were my hero. Uh, you preached crusades, got a lot of people saved, and um, uh, I met you actually ten years before that. I was eight years old. You came to Longview, Texas, and did right. a crusade, yeah. right? And you came and preached at the church on Sunday morning, where I was attending. Slim Sullivan was oh, the yeah. pastor. Oh yeah. And uh, I stayed around to shake your to meet you, and I told you when I grow up, I'm gonna be a preacher like you. <laughs> and you actually said, "Great," and uh, it, it encouraged me. And you signed my Bible for me when yeah, I was eight yeah. years old. I'm so. glad you remember all that because I, I well remember it. And uh, uh, you know, Robert came here. Many of you don't know this. This is where he first taught the blessed life. And if we'd come here, he was kind of a hidden behind-the-scenes associate at a church in another town nearby, Grand Prairie. And he would come in here and share. Let's let's go back, and I want you to look at Robert when he came here nearly 40 years ago. Let's, let's just see how we greeted him. Okay. Watch. And if we'll be honest enough to admit, oh sometimes we're a prisoner to our desires. That is not freedom. And she said... Daddy, you're, you're so different. I uh, mentioned a while ago about a uh, compassionate heart. I covered it up by acting like I knew everything, that I could do everything, mm. and uh, it, it, there was tremendous pride. I want you to think about this. Many, many times, this is what we, we think. Also, we my heart is in heaven. The reason my heart is in heaven is because my treasure is in heaven. Y'all look at Look at that flat stomach. Look at that flat stomach right there. Praise yeah, the Lord. Yeah, and your hair was brown. And, and my hair was mine brown. was black. Did it, you notice? I did. And mine's still the same color. And now. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the deal. You've got an, an, another great book. Take the day off. This is a big deal. So what are, you, what are you implying and what do you want us to get right up front, take the day off? Okay, I'll go straight to it. I, I, uh, this is uh, really about the fourth commandment. 
you know, God came out with a top 10 list before David Letterman or any of those comedians <laughs> on TV. And uh, he said, these are my top 10 principles so you can have a better life. And I want people to understand that because God wasn't saying, listen, if you'll start acting right, I'll set you free from bondage. They were in bondage to the Egyptians. Here's God's grace. I'll set you free. And now, now I'll give you principles where you can have a better relationship with me and a better relationship with other people. And he said you get to stay a long time in this fruitful land. That's exactly that right. Just they were flows all of them milk for, and honey. They were for our benefit. Yeah, exactly. You're not committing adultery is for our benefit. Not lying <laughs> yeah. is for our benefit. Yeah. Because it hurts us and it hurts mm -hmm. people around us. Right. Not stealing is for our benefit. But here's the problem. The fourth commandment, which is the longest commandment, about remember the Sabbath day, for it is a day of rest, is what it says. But I'm going to shock you. I'm a pastor. But the fourth commandment does not say anything about going to church. <laughs> Nothing. Now, I believe we should go to church. Y'all keep coming to church, okay? <laughs> I believe that. But it doesn't say anything about coming to church. It says rest. And the word Sabbath actually means cease from labor. And he says, I don't want you working. I don't want your wife working. I don't want any of your servants working. And he, he even says, I don't even want your cows working. He doesn't want your cows working wow. one day a week. <laughs> and it says, because God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Now, here's a big one. And was refreshed. Now, theologically, that's tough to explain. How could a God who never gets tired be refreshed? Well, that word in the Hebrew means took a breath or breathed in. Mm -hmm. What had he been doing for six days? Creating. How does God create? He speaks. For six days, he had been breathing out. He breathed into man the breath of life. He'd been breathing out. On the seventh day, he breathed in. And he, God, was refreshed. It's amazing. Yeah. And yes. so he gave this as a gift. How many times do we even say that? Boy, if I could just catch my breath. Mm -hmm. And yet God gave us a gift of a day off every week. And he, here's what he says. I'll take, I'll take care of your work. I'll take care of it. Just trust me. And yet we don't, evaluate, we don't uh, take advantage of this gift that God's given us. And one other thing about the commandments, I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's no way I could talk you. I've known you again 40 years. There's no way I could talk you into breaking any of the other Ten Commandments. You couldn't. I couldn't. The enemy I could would not. try to. I, the I, deceiver yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah, the deceiver yeah, would. But, but I couldn't talk you into yeah. uh, telling a lie. No, You'd say, that's not, not right, Pastor no. Robert. I'm right. not going to do that. I couldn't talk you into stealing, committing adultery, murder. I couldn't talk you into that. I might, might have talked Patty into it a few times, you know, in your case. But, <laughs> but, but you've gotten better. Okay. <laughs> so I couldn't talk you into taking God's name in vain. You wouldn't right. do something no. like that. But even you and I sometimes don't rest one day a week. Yeah. No. It's like the only commandment that we as Christians don't think we should keep. That's right. I, 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 my, uh, <laughs> you know what she just said? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Confessing me. That's yeah. what she's doing. She's and she's been pretty good at that. You really have. You have. They, they ask in Sunday school when we were teenagers to make a list of your, your sins. And she goes home and she couldn't think of one. So she started writing mine down. <laughs> Boy, I had quite a list. And she ran out of paper. <laughs> she did. She had to go get more paper. All right. Here's the deal. The fact that I didn't understand that, I think, was probably as great a contributor mm -hmm. to me nearly being destroyed mm -hmm. as uh, anything that I ever, let's say, distracted me from the will of God and the purpose of God. And I, uh, 
You saw how busy I was. I was, because I started traveling you before you had the breakthrough. Right. And you were all the time, everywhere, in city after city, and you were tired. And you were being attacked by the enemy because he attacks us when we're tired. It says after Jesus fasted 40 days, the enemy attacked. And, of course, even after that attack that Jesus won, it says the enemy left for a more opportune time. Mm -hmm. In other words, possibly maybe even another time when he would be tired. He attacked him in the garden, we know. He was... He was exhausted. He'd been beaten. He was, you know, he'd gone through these difficult things on the cross when he got to the cross, you know. So um, it's just amazing how the enemy knows I'm going to attack them when they're down. And God said, I've come up with a plan for you to be rested and refreshed. And yet we don't do it. Well, you saw how busy I stayed. I was speaking four and five times a day. Then in the Coliseum Stadium at Crusade at night. Three nights a week after the crusade service, I'd have a fellowship. All the young people would stay. Yeah. So I'm just going continuously, and I was doing this 250 to nearly 300 days a year, and it went on for 25 years. And to say I was exhausted was an understatement. And interestingly, when I was so in love with Jesus, he showed me what he was going to do. And I told him I didn't care what he was going to do. I'm going to come right back here alone in the piney woods and just love you. And it was like he said, really? And I didn't go back, Robert. You know that. Mm -hmm. And I reached a place that I was very vulnerable. I didn't have, I had the gift of the Spirit to preach. I didn't have the fruit of the Spirit. I wasn't kind. I wasn't patient. I wasn't loving. I wasn't gentle. I mean, there wasn't anything. And actually, a lot of times I got more angry Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was shouting at the demons that were tormenting me because I was so vulnerable to all the stuff they were throwing at me. And I really reached a place that I was so defeated, I despaired of life. Now, you also experience too busy, mm-hmm. and you know what it's like when a church is growing and when you also have a great gift from God, and you learn something. And now then you've actually kind of made it clear when you came in here that you wanted to share some things, not only that you hope the whole church leaders, and you're, you're finding, you're, you're, you spend a lot of time counseling church leaders. I do. I do too. We yeah. spend a lot of our life ministering yeah. to leaders. Yeah. And they are leaders that have failed. They have been defeated. They've been broken. Most of them were exhausted. Yes. Most of them were vulnerable because they didn't get in the presence of the Lord and have rest. So they, they were spent. Now, you you reached some times that you also, I mean, you talk about being so busy one time that you came in and you were really frustrated. And you, you talk about something that happened when you came in. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. one of the, it's one of the you, you just have story after story. You remember stories about your grandkids and your family and your kids <laughs> that amaze me. I'll, I'll find myself sitting up thinking, how does he remember all that? Is this a supernatural gift you got? Or you just is. keep really good notes. I, I think it's a supernatural gift, but I do write things down when they happen because I want to remember them. Yeah. I think that's a good illustration. Yeah. So. Uh, But what happened was in 2005, the church had taken off. The Blessed Life had taken off, mainly because it was shown here on your television program. Mm -hmm. We sold (laughs) 250,000 copies self-published before it ever went to a publisher. That's amazing. And now it's sold millions and 40-something languages and all over the world. Praise God. Yeah. But the church was growing. Uh, I was busy. And I literally uh, had like a four-week span. And one of those weeks was going to either Mozambique or Angola to with see us, yeah. with your ministry. And I was looking in the camera trying to explain to people, this is real. These, because it is real. Yep. These children are- And you know, are, we're doing are, feeding right now, Robert, and it works, doesn't it? Yeah, it works. It works. That's yep. the, what I saw. 
It works. But, and, and, and feeding through the schools so yeah. the children go to school, so yeah. we're changing the next generation. And then when you have a crusade, they come yeah. because mm-hmm. you're the ones that fed them. Yeah. And they hear about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it, it works all the way around. But I was so emotionally drained. And I hadn't been back long from that trip. And I, I went right back to work. And so I, I, I oh, I, just, I hate to tell this story on television. I don't know why you asked me, but um, well, you I put it in the it, book. Okay? I did put it in the book, but I call it the Great Underwear Crisis of 2005. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what happened. So I get back from that trip, and I'm going right back to the office. Take my shower, open my drawer, my underwear drawer, and there's one pair of underwear. And I stand there thinking. What am I going to do tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) And my mind was so tired. See, that's what people, it's not just our bodies. My mind was so tired, I couldn't think that I could wash. (laughs) I can go to Walmart and buy 12 pairs for 97 cents, you know. I couldn't think that. I just thought, I'm... I'm not going to have underwear tomorrow. And I remember thinking, pastors should wear underwear. (laughs) Um, So put my underwear on, and I know this is a horrible story to tell, and and, and the image is now in people's minds, but anyway, put my my underwear on, open my sock drawer, and there were no socks. Oh, no. I started crying. I was emotionally exhausted, not just mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. spiritually. I was emotionally exhausted so exhausted and I sat down in my closet and cried because I didn't have socks and I went to lunch with Tom Lane that day you know Tom's been with me for years and I leaned over to him and I said Tom I'm losing my mind (laughs) I said I cried over underwear today and he said Robert you're not losing your mind you're tired Hmm. you're tired and so I uh, asked to talk to the elders and I went on my first sabbatical and during that sabbatical, they, they decided eight weeks, eight weeks out of the pulpit, eight weeks and, you know, off. And I took, and you know, missionaries take time off, you know? And so I took time off. And one day I felt like myself again. I thought, I feel like me again. And the Lord said to me, what is today? Which day is today? And I said, it's the 53rd day. Because uh, I just knew that I had so many days left. And the Lord said, uh-huh, you owed 52 days. You owed one year oh, of wow. Sabbaths. Wow. Mm. And I said to the Lord, you mean I owed you mm. 52 days? He said, oh, no, 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 son. The Sabbath isn't for me. It's for you. Mm. He said, you owed yourself 52 days. And this one simple principle of resting one day a week has, I believe, kept me in the ministry and kept me effective for all these years now. And you go into great detail great to explain detail. it. We're going to talk to Robert in another program, and I want us to break this out, and you even had some, you know, words from me, and I try to explain what it is I'm dealing with, and I think it will help people understand because all of us have something we're dealing with that we justify maybe breaking the Sabbath, not realizing what we're doing, realizing who it's hurting, how it's setting us back, but also... We'll talk more detail about how you actually do behave, let's say, a rest on the Sabbath, what yep. that really does funny. look like. Anything you want to ask, Robert, in this first opening program? Well, day. what I'm hearing you say, it's not just an idea of taking a day off. 
it's very important to our spiritual well-being yeah. and our relationship with God and our journey that we're on. Yeah, yeah, and, I'll, and it's not only important to, um, it, it is us, our, I agree with all that, but what I wanted to add to, when you said that 25 years you went, mm -hmm. uh, and I've heard you say this, so I'm not uncovering you right now, right. but you said it hurt Betty. It hurt your children some. Now you have no great question. children, grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Probably because really Betty, but you I weren't around right. very and much. And people praying for us. Yes, and people praying for you, but you weren't around that much. You And when you were, you probably were more emotionally exhausted and you couldn't give your children and your wife, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to say that in the wrong way because I've done it too, but I can remember Debbie saying to me one time, uh, she said, you know, Robert, when you're with us, I need you to be with us. Yeah because my mind was still going. Mm -hmm. And so it not only hurts us, but it, it affects our children when they see that work is more important than their ball game. It affects them. I want everybody to understand, Robert is a great preacher. You don't have 25, 35,000 people coming every week and hearing you, and many of them hearing you strictly on the screen in a satellite cast, but they know Robert's there with them because he's pouring out the life of God, the heart of God, the mind of God in so many ways, just because he does love. And when he writes something like this, it's because it's been written in his heart and the truth is beginning to carry. And we're gonna get into some pretty specific details. Robert, we are uh, asking all of our viewers to help feed these kids and uh, hundreds of thousands of them. And we've saved the lives, when we say 15 million or more, that's not an exaggeration. And we've won more than that to the Lord in those areas. It's really effective because yeah, they I've see the love it. of God. So just to say to our, our viewers, I'm gonna show them uh, an opportunity, but just, just they say, Robert, does it really work? I mean, Gateway helps us do what we're doing. You, From the time you saw it, you and your elders said, we've never seen money used any better than this, period. But for our viewers, is, is what they're doing effective? Yeah, well, I'd like to actually say, because I've been there. I've been there, and the need is great. What you see is the need. We were there when um, children were dying. In, in, in our arms. In your presence. Yeah. In our presence, we saw the need. And you can't preach the gospel to them. And then their parents have not heard the gospel. They, they're, they've, they've been raised in a pagan religion and they lose these children. And then whatever they hear about God, they're upset with God. The life outreach, uh, I've said this many, many times, is one of the most effective and efficient missions, ministries you could give to. I encourage people at Gateway Church to give, and you've heard that. Yeah. I bring them to your banquet. Mm -hmm. I encourage them to give. And the reason is, is because you're saving lives and saving souls, and it works. Let's, let's watch, Robert, some of the scenes right now. Watch, watch with us, and all of you be praying that everybody watching would say, I'm going to be the miracle answer to somebody's heart cry and somebody's prayer. Watch closely. We're coming through this village because we've been told about a grandmother here that um, is looking after her grandchildren who have been orphaned. Their, their mother died in the last month. This mother obviously died because there's a lack of food in this area and just the, the sickness and disease created by that. Um, it's a mother that's left behind four children that have to be taken care of by a grandmother. The youngest of which I think is, we've been told is less than one years old are now fighting for survival themselves, and this becomes even a harder life and death struggle. 
So what we've learned is that some of the kids in the village where they live have been assessed for malnutrition and it turns out that her grandkids are suffering at the hand of malnutrition unfortunately. She's just really fearful as you can imagine for, for the future of, of these kids. It's just such a predicament to be in. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've heard this grandmother's request, Father God, that you would be there, that you would be their comforter and their peace. You know, if you could just understand for a moment what is really happening here, your heart would maybe break as much as mine because culturally it's, it's unacceptable for a lady like this to cry in public and yet the weight of responsibility on her is such that when we ask if we could pray for her, the first thing she said is because I need help for my baby. We're here. We can make it happen for you, but we cannot do it without you. Please do whatever you can do today. Express God's heart and give the best gift you can give. Give the gift of life. That grandmother has lost her daughter. Now she's got the four grandchildren. When Betty and I first saw those scenes in Africa, uh, we both considered and even said to the missionaries, I wonder if we ought to just come over here and help you. And I mean, they responded so quickly, no, please. No, that don't, don't, no. Would you just go back? And would you please ask people who watch you to please help us so we could stay here and not be empty-handed? Would you please go? And Betty, we came back to ask our viewers, would you help us support those missionaries that have so much love for those people and so little to give? Would you do it? And Betty, you started praying, God, let the line to help them be longer than the line to receive. And I'm telling you, miracles. When we reached up to 500,000 hungry children every day because you said we will help. And now then, as we've located these hundreds of thousands of children that need help, and the missionaries know where the need is, and we can go in and be the miracle that that grandmother's praying for. Absolutely, and Esau said, please be an expression of God's heart to help these precious little ones. And you've done that over and over again. We're asking you to do it one more time. Please, we, we won't quit asking because there's so many needs of children, just simply food. Can you imagine if, if we have a child around that says, I'm hungry, can I have something to eat? Well, we rush to the kitchen to get them some bite of food to eat. They don't have that privilege. That grandmother's trying to keep her grandchildren alive by herself. Please, let's offer that hope to them and help them have some food for their children. Well, you heard, you heard the hard cry of a missionary, Sock Pretorius, and his wife, Terry, and you, you heard the hard cry of a grandmother. And you are the miracle answer to that heart cry and that request. And, and it's a prayer for so many. It's, they just pray continually. Would you right now, would you just say, I'm going to help. I'm going to be a miracle in somebody's life. Think, think about this. And this, this is amazing, but it's true. This is not total child care. This is life-saving nourishment. $30, $50, We're able to feed three, five, or ten children for the next months. $1,000 will feed 100 I thank God there are people who can give that. But I want you to remember this. Most of the support comes from people who will say, yes, I can feed 10 and they make the $100 gift. 
or the $50 to feed five. But don't you dare think 30 is not significant because it's very significant. She has four grandchildren. Would you help? At whatever level you can, please, please help. We're asking you right now to go and get your bike card or you can get a check. If you write a check, make it to life. That's what you're giving. But call us and tell us what you're putting in the mail. We need to know. We've got to tell the missionaries, yes, you'll be able to feed in that area. You'll be able to feed those children. Would you right now please go online or dial that number? It's a prayer line always for you, paid for by love. But would you go to it right now and let it be a lifeline? Say, here's my gift of $100 or 50 or 30 to feed 10 children, five or three, whatever you can do, please. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you because we love you and we want to bless you. But you are actually becoming the miracle someone desperately needs. You are the answer to prayer. Thank you. Thank you for going online or going to the phone. Thank you for your gift. Mission Feeding began with a promise to be there in times of crisis for thousands of hurting and hungry children in their time of need. Now more than ever, we need your help to save lives by feeding and caring for children across the continent of Africa. With food reserves gone and many areas experiencing severe famine, we urgently need to replenish our supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your gift of love can be the miracle answer to a desperate mother's prayer. Call now with your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 that will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. With your gift, we'll send you the Altered Worship CD by Anthony Evans. This powerful full-length album includes unique versions of some of today's most cherished worship songs that are sure to uplift and inspire you. With your gift of $100 or more, please request a filled with faith and joy travel mug set. These 12 ounce mugs are crafted with large handles, double layered insulation, and vacuum sealed lids to prevent spills. Each mug includes a message to remind you of God's blessings and faithfulness. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our commemorative bronze sculpture, Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. We are sending for any gift Anthony Evans' beautiful CD, Altered. Not only talks about worship at the altar, but how worship alters our life and our course. For those of you who will help with any gift, and you say, James, would you send us Robert Morris's new book? You better believe we will. You reach out and you touch those precious ones with the love of God, we'll be more than happy to send you what God put on Robert's heart to bless you because he put it in God's heart. For our benefit, learn what it is to rest. We're going to talk about it more in the next program. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Pastor Robert Morris? I'm glad you're famous. Thank Thank you all. Thank you for being here. Encourage your friends to watch. Don't miss the next program.
Tomorrow, Ruth Graham opens up about her struggle with unforgiveness toward others and herself. And at that point, I realized that forgiveness was so much more than that. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.